The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today is a special Sunday edition of M&M. It's the 6th of May, 2018. I've been leading in this. I, we did this with Charlie the other night because um, uh, this podcast today could go out of control with me. Um, I'm... I'm uh, pretty excitable about a lot of things today, so I don't know where we're going to fly at points. But, as I said the other night, don't be reasonable, be defiant. I'll tell you why. Somebody that I considered uh, very important in my life said to me the other day, uh, you know, you're very good at doing outside work and gardening and cleaning and, you know, things of that nature. Well, that's the way I live. Um, you ought to open up a business there. And I said, I've got two businesses now. And they said to me, which I thought was one of the lowest blows someone has ever given me. And I don't mean the type of blow probably most guys are thinking. They said to me, um, but at least they, that job, at least that business would make money. I thought that was a pretty cheap shot. And I said to that person, if you ever say something like that to me again, I will bust your face wide open. And as far as I'm concerned, goodbye. As I said, be very careful who you associate with. I never thought I'd hear something like that. And you know what? It just gives me more fuel to go out at some point and say, huh, guess what? I did make it just like I always said I want. Would I ever go back and stick that in that person's face? No, I could care less. That's what winners do. They keep moving. Number two. We are all killer, no filler. As you've heard before here, we are authentic. I've had that say to me a million, said to me a million times, and it'll always be said because I don't hold back. I'll tell you what's on my mind. I'll tell you what I'm doing. Um, and if you acted more like that and weren't afraid, because most people live in a fear-based mind, you'd be a lot happier. Believe me. You go out and read today, because well, this show will be up tomorrow. Um, I just wrote a killer uh, blog post called Optimism. And some of the things that I say to myself, obviously, to create a more, a, a lot more of a positive attitude. And these shows that I've been doing that coincides with these blogs have been just like groundbreakers all over the place. Right now, I am speaking to a good, good friend of the show, we're talking about a digital package that we're going to start doing that's going to blow your mind. I mean, stuff that we're experiencing, because I'm telling you right now, anytime I talk about mind shifting, anything I'm doing internally, I'm living it right now. I'm not some guy that's making the shit up and trying to sell it. Everything you're getting from me right now is what I'm doing day to day, how I'm living through my businesses, my work, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of interesting things going on around here. Um, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc. 
That is our number one product, and I'm telling you right now, that's a product that could last you the rest of your life. Also, go out to um, our Prosperity Conscious page on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. It's all about donation, but it teaches you about prosperity, and if you're constantly giving and getting nothing in return, that is not the way you want to conduct yourself at all, because... You'll be standing in the bread line, believe me, if there's such a thing anymore. But that's old history that I love to read and listen to. So go out and look at that. Also, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. We got our uh, good, good friend. I've known Roger for almost 30 years now. Um, Back to the days when my little nephew, uh, we got his first York set here for him. That was one of many things. Um, so I've been with Roger at uh, every point where he's worked, right up to the point now where he is an uh, entrepreneur, obviously, with Atomic Athletic. Um, but go out and look at all the shows Roger and I have done. Roger was the first guest ever on Eminem, and believe it or not, four years we will be up. Uh, September 27th, we are almost, we are in the vicinity of getting near 1,000 shows, if you can believe that, in four years. And the whole company, FBC, Fiorello Bar, Bell Company, started off about a year before. We celebrate our fifth anniversary, May 12th of this year. Monumental, let me tell you. Also, too, um, go out to uh, MotivationMuscle.com. Our homepage, sign up for our newsletter. It's free. Um, it goes right to my MailChimp account. And anytime I do anything, which I've been very lax with it, you will get oodles of content in your email. All right? Also, too, um, don't forget about advertising with us. Come on in. Fill out the form. I will contact you by phone. And we can make each other a lot of money in the next 30 years. We are looking for good, solid companies, upstart companies. And believe me, I'm in the middle of really changing a lot of things with M&M, where we're going demographically and everything. I've had plenty of time to think, believe me. And if you stick in one gear, you're as good as dead. You're decapitated. That will never happen here. Um, also, too, don't forget about our uh, YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength. Um, anytime you want to do anything with training, we can do it. If you live in the New York area, Come on up here. I'll give you the best hour you've ever had in Albany. But otherwise, we can do anything you want through Skype. And another big thing that's happened is we are working with Earth Pulse again, our good friend Paul Becker. And I've already uh, got, there's already been a few people from the show already bought it. It's called the E-STIM. It's an electro-stimulation device. This thing is unfriggin' believable. Now... I'll give you some of the highlights of this. Number one, it's got a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's 9.6 hertz. This thing is brutal. It's AC and DC mode, and there's no batteries. It's the only stimulation machine that has no batteries. It's the plug-in, like I just said. It's got lifetime support. Now, this thing here, I've been using like 
insanely all over my body, especially if I'll do it like an hour before I lift, and it's been staggering my workouts, what I've been up to. And everybody knows I'm doing the mashing middies. I'm not going to go into any more of that. But that is basically all dead starting. I will tell you this. It will be 10 days, I believe, as of today. I hit, for the first time, off the rods, with a four-inch travel into the other set of rods, I hit a 547 second set. I opened with 507 after the warm-up, hit a 547 for a six-second hold. Try that and see if you'll break your spine in half. This thing's been phenomenal with it, but what Paul has done, and this is some of the, the highlights of it, it's the stimulation is so strong with this thing, it's been specifically documented that in cases of bike spills, dog bites, or even gunshot wounds, the results have been staggering, okay? This comes, this device, like I said, is 9.6 hertz, square wave. It's got four pads that stick to you. And if they start having a problem with them, all you do is just put them under cold water, rub them with your hands, let them dry out. They'll stick better than when you got it. And it's awesome, and you have your ACDC setting. Now, you don't necessarily have to do this, but he's bundling right now the um, Earth Pulse V5.3 Pro. That's the magnetic machine for sleeping between. You know, you put the magnets between your mattresses, and it, it improves your everything. You know, we talk about recovery, and we're going to be doing a lot of the show tomorrow because John Bruni bought one. And Dr. Wong and I did one about a week and a half ago, and we're going to keep updating. And then you can buy that and the stim together and get $100 off right now. So go out to MotivationMuscle.com, click on my picture at the top of the homepage. I'm uh, inclining a pair of 150-pound dumbbells in each hand on a 2-inch handle. So that ought to awaken you right there. And I'll tell you one more thing before I give the uh, uh, profile on Roger is this. Um... Now I forgot what I was going to say. Ah, when you click on it, I'm trying to think. Uh, it'll come to me. But click on that. It'll take you out there, and I guarantee you, you will be. Oh, I know what I want to tell you. With both pieces, I'll tell you right now, I've cut any type of supplement regimen down to under half now. Weigh out what it costs just for one of those, and then compare that to a year's worth of supplements that most of them don't work. You'll get the message when you see that. Now, with that in mind, I'm going to bring up Roger. Number one, uh, let's see, he's the president of Atomic Athletic. He's an Olympic lifter and competitor, stone lifter, strength historian, and obviously you know that he owns uh, Atomic Athletic. So with that in mind, Roger, welcome back to the show, brother. Glad to be here, Eric. Um, anything I missed, lay it out. Uh, well, it, you know, the uh, my specialty in the uh, the record realm with the uh, all around associations, all the grip strength stuff, especially thick bar things. Yep. Uh, I, I was talking to uh, a uh, cameraman that I was working with the other day. He uh, wanted to know <laughs> how he could improve his grip because. You know, he's using a heavy camera yeah. all the time. Yep. And uh, he's got to have everything stationary and not flopping around and so on and so forth. And I said, well, uh, you know, you got to do grip work. And uh, my the, – the, the, 
best advice I can give anybody for doing grip work is hang cleans and doing anything uh, where you have to clean a pair of dumbbells. Sure. sure. It's And he's like, well, yeah, but that seems really simple. I said, yeah. It, you know, picking things up with your hands makes your hands stronger. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> that's a, it's you know, base, basic. If, if you, yeah, and if you can vary the size of what you're picking up. Yep. You know, and it, you know, a standard size bar is one inch. An Olympic size bar is two inches. Yep. And guys will say, well, you know, I don't have the money to buy two inch handles or a two inch bar. Okay. Smitty gave me, I said exactly the same thing 25 years ago when I was working with Smitty. And he says, well, you've got a two inch bar right there, Roger. I said, what do you mean? He says, you're in a power rack with an Olympic bar. Exactly. The bar end is two inches in diameter. And I said, oh, he says, load up one end Yep. and in the power rack and do static holds with it. Do shrugs. Yeah. Whatever. You've got a two-inch bar right there. Yep. I was like, oh, wow, I feel dumb. No, because you can use but, it just like a dumbbell handle, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's right there. Yeah. So, it, you know, that tip alone should make – Anybody listening to this podcast thrilled for the time that they've already invested? Absolutely, yeah. Because (laughs) it's these simple things that you learn over time, and if you actually do them and do them regularly, progressive resistance training, it works. Yep, it sure does. You will end up stronger. It's it's just a fact. That's that, the way it is. It's that and simple. Yep. It, you know, so <laughs> Dan, the cameraman that I was working with, and yeah, that's actually his name, Dan. Uh, he uh, said, so what do you do with, uh, do you do one-hand deadlifts? I said, yeah. My record in the one-hand barbell deadlift is, I guess, 264 and a half. Mm-hmm. There's some kilo designation uh weighing i think i weighed 162 that day i don't know what class that would be in that organization Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh you know whatever it is that's it's a lot of weight yeah for somebody that size (laughs) it's a lot of weight period most people uh they're too fixated on how much you lift when the majority of them couldn't even lift it so that it's 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 all it, it, and it flows right into today's subject. We're going to talk about set sail, but I'm going to read something quickly called the choice, which basically is the same thing. I want to use a different uh, variation of a name today. I could have thought of just the regular stuff, but it's an idea to make you think. You know, okay, what does set sail mean? And I'm going to read just one short paragraph because it's it's not it's about a page, but I I think you'll get it right away. It's it's out of the book of Stones and Strength by Steve Jack and the late Peter Martin. It's chapter thirty, the choice, page ninety eight. There's something about a stone, something intrinsically 
alluring. I've never been able to walk past the stone without trying to lift it or see how far I could throw it or at least slightly or at least silently ponder such efforts if actually accepting them would seriously jeopardize others' perception of my stability. I do, by the way, realize that the more sound members of society have little difficulty driving or transversing such challenges. Pity. Now, that is what this is all about. What is it that you're doing or want to do or in the middle of doing or not getting anywhere or thinking about just hanging it up that has got you thinking, I don't know anymore if I want to set sail. Now, we talked about this the other night on the show that I just put up with Charlie Oliphant. It was called um, Goals and Glory. And it really is very interesting how you can connect these pieces of the puzzle together. And when you set sail, whatever it is, like I know Roger's going to talk about squatting today. That's going to be probably the primary piece of the whole thing. But that's the, that is the first thing. And I've talked about this over and over. Decision. That is going to be the calling card for everything. And this is how I want to explain it. You know, I've been talking about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill like crazy. Uh, Douglas Graham, who's on here, he's an exceptional guy, works with me on the website. He's just an all-around great guy from Scotland. And um, he's another one I can't wait to meet when I get over there with Charlie and Martin and everybody else. And one of the biggest things that Hill talked about in there is you have to make a decision, and you should make a decision quickly. And one of the masters of decision was none other than Henry Ford. And most people don't know a lot about Ford in respect that he was a very shy individual. He was not very. He was not the guy that you've read about that was forthright, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The one that had the most influence on him and really got over got him over that threshold was his wife that was the biggest key factor ever in his life to succeeding besides he was able now to make decisions because and i'm going to give this right to you raj momentarily i want to build this whole thing um the v8 now most people would if they understand i love cars i always have i you know I've talked about the Ferraris and the American muscle and all that. Um, But if he had not made that decision about the V8 and had the insight to know that this was going to happen no matter what, this is we talk about, about what you think about most, you become and get. He would not let his engineers give up. How many times did they come to him and say, Mr. Ford, this can't be done? It can be done. You guys go back to the drawing board. Let's talk again in another four months. Well, eventually they hacked at it enough, and this is what I mean by setting sail. They created the V8, and the rest is history now. So when we set sail, when we're, we're going to talk about setting sail with the squat, in my opinion, I know everybody can go back and forth, squat, deadlift, squat, deadlift. Everybody's set up differently. Some people are set up to be better squatters than deadlifters. But you can still be a champion in each each piece of it. If I have my choice, I love squatting. It's just something about 
having a heavy bar on your shoulders that just gives me a whole different vibe than pulling something. I, and don't don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, I love pulling heavy things off the ground, or I wouldn't be a stone lifter. But there's something about the squat. And with that, Roger, take it. Let's get right into the yeah. squat. Okay, so when I first met Norbert Shemansky, mm-hmm. I asked him, I said, so he had recently – done a couple of clinics for powerlifters and you know powerlifting didn't really exist when Norb was competing it did because the you know the world championships the first world championships were done I think in 64 uh, but Norb was already competing in his fourth and final Olympics mm-hmm. uh, in 1964 uh, he continued to lift through to 1971, uh, competed in 68 in his last Olympic team trials and blew out his knee, yep. uh, in which essentially ended his career. But he kept lifting uh, for fun, essentially, uh, after that, uh, once things healed up. But he wasn't right. It, it, the knee was never what it was. Right. Um, but I asked him, so, you know, what's your advice for guys who want to improve their squat? And in his characteristic style, he said, squat. Yeah. And I said, okay. That's <laughs> I said, can you uh, give me some more details with that? Uh, the... Uh, uh, he says, guys warm up too much. Yep. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? Like with stretching? Or he said, no, no, stretching something different. He said, you need to stretch and you do need to warm up because you need to get your joints lubricated and all that sort of thing. You need to have the muscles stretched through their range of motion, all that sort of thing. But he said, when guys are working out, what they do is you'll see them do a set of 10 squats with, a, you know, let's say 135 pounds on the bar. Right. And then they'll do another set of 10 squats with, you know, maybe they add 50 pounds onto that. So now they're doing 185. And then they do another set of 10 at 225 well they've already done 30 squats at that point mm-hmm. he said you're worn out mm-hmm. you, your best lifts you've already passed them by he said start off and he says when you're let's say you're doing a whole routine that includes uh, some overhead pressing some snatching some cleans or in the case of powerlifting, maybe you're doing all three lifts or you're doing some overhead presses or benches, whatever. By the time you get to your squats, which, uh, it, you know, in the old Olympic lifting uh, formula, you did your quick lifts first and then your slow lifts second. The squats were your slow lifts. Nor didn't start back down at 135. Mm-hmm. So 
when I've had uh, one of the things that I will do when I'm on the road and I'm frequently on the road or I've got to do an abbreviated workout or Mm -hmm. something and I try to never skip a workout. What I do is let's say I want to do back squats that day and I'm at a regular commercial gym, but they've got a power rack or a squat rack. You know, odds are I'm not going to be able to do explosive cleans or something at a commercial gym. Right. But I can always do squats as long as they've got a bar and some kind of a rack to put it in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, technically I can even do it if I have to clean it to my shoulders first, but got to make sure that the, uh, <laughs> the the gym police aren't looking. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. But, you know, I've definitely done that. However, uh, what I know I can always do is start my warm-ups doing overhead squats. Yep. Right? Your overhead squats are not going to be as heavy as your back squats. Right. They're not going to be as heavy as your front squats. So if I'm going to be doing back squats, I don't even warm up back squats. My warm-ups <laughs> are going as heavy as I can with overhead squats. Yep. When I've reached my limit, whatever that is for the day, and I'm only doing no more than triples – then I switch to front squats because I know I can do heavier front squats than overhead squats. So I go to my limit with that. Once I've hit my limit in front squats, then I do my back squats. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're thoroughly warm from head to toe. Boom. I am warmed up completely for the back squat, Yep. but I've also gotten in overhead squatting and front squatting. Yep along with my back squats because there's no sense in going back down to 135 135 <laughs> right. for my back squats when I've already passed 135 with my overhead squats and my front squats well let's talk about something right here because I've got a ton of questions for you and I know this is going to really help a lot of our, our audience our family out there Raj now obviously overhead squats if you haven't done them learn or 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 send us a message or whatever we can point you i'm sure rogers probably even got material that you could purchase from him but this is the first question and this is this is just my observation i've done them but i've never stacked the three like that let, let let's talk about blood volume here all right now we're doing an overhead squat for anybody that doesn't know that the bar is fully extended that means your arms have locked the bar out above your head and you are squatting. I'm telling you right now, you got to be a strong SOB to do that kind of stuff. And then we're moving into the front end, which is brutal, all right, whether you hold it like an Olympic lifter with your hands or you do it like I have to do, I cross my arms, all right? So that thing is basically dug right into your Adam's apple, pretty much. And, of course, we know you have to uh, be very proficient with the back squat. But, Raj, what I like about the way you're talking here, you know, you and I both know, when you load the body with blood, 
there's one thing when you went to that when you go to that back squat. Number one, you're not going to need, in my opinion, you probably don't need any more in two sets because I think any more than that, you're you're foolish because at that point you could probably go anywhere from 85 to maybe 92, 95 percent of your best, and you're done and you're in good shape. But tell everybody what you're feeling with the blood volume because we know when your lo- legs are loaded like that. It works in a way of like spring loaded now when you go to put the bar behind your neck. So comment on any of that, please. Oh, it, yeah, it absolutely works exactly like how you're describing. Because, uh, and I love doing something like an overhead squat first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the, uh, and maybe you've dealt with this too, Eric. I've had situations where I feel like if I'm just doing, say, back squats, right? Uh, I almost feel like my legs have too much blood in them. Yep. And the uh, I'm not a bodybuilder. Right. I got you. Yeah. I I I don't care how big my legs are going to get. Mm-hmm. There, my legs are big enough anyway. The you know it's I figure. Once it's hard to buy pants, you <laughs> yeah, probably <I> <laughs> yeah. gotten your legs big enough. Yeah. But it, that being said, the uh, one of the things that I will do, and I think this is a this, this is an old concept. I know. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think both Doug Hepburn and Paul Anderson did versions of this kind of concept. Okay. I like doing a. Uh, uh, sit angled sit up. Yep. You know, uh, in between sets sometimes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Squats. Yep. yep. Because what it does is when your knees are higher than your head. Yep. It gets some of that blood out of your legs and yep. into the upper body. Yep. And the, uh, you know, you're talking about the bar being at your neck for front squats. Yeah. So one of the things you've got to do is have what they call a high chest. Yep. Uh, and the bar is right at your neck, but it's not pressing against your neck. Correct. So you want to essentially have it sitting on your shoulders, um, you know, your front delts. And I do it Olympic lifter style, you know, with a clean grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't do the, it, the, cross. the cross your right. chest. Right, Because I've always trained as an Olympic lifter, so yep. I, it's comfortable for me. Yep. But I encourage guys to try that because when you're doing it right with high enough elbows, the bar will be sitting on your front delts. Oh, yeah. And... If you've been doing your overhead presses or bench presses or uh, incline presses, uh, your delts will be big enough for it to sit on your delts. Yep. That little bit of difference where, you know, you, yeah, the bar is pressing down on the muscle. Yep. And it's pressing it. Uh, the, uh, you might only have an extra eighth inch when the weight's heavy. Yep. Because it's sitting on your front delt. Yep. But that extra eighth of an inch means that with a good back arch and keeping your hips under you, you're going to be able to not 
have your throat being crushed in. Yeah. Because having your throat crushed in like that, that actually uh, keeps, uh, you know, it cuts off the blood flow to your head. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, I've only done a uh, over rotation of a clean once uh, where I started to pass out. Yeah. But I did it in a contest uh, using, I think it was a two-inch bar. Yep. Yeah, it was a two-inch bar. And it, it was a, no, it wasn't a two-inch bar. It was a uh, uh, continental from the belt. Okay. With a, a continental to the belt clean. So you you what you do is you pull it up to the belt. Mm-hmm. You hook it on your belt. And this is an old, uh, they call it a continental because in continental Europe, the Europeans, yeah. the big heavy guys, a uh, hundred years ago used to do it this way. Yep. Uh, Swoboda did 440 pounds and Shemansky did 445. Unreal. Uh, in yeah. a, uh, what was it, the 1954 Worlds. Jeez. And instead of being a 300-plus pounder like right. Swoboda. Right. Shemansky weighed 225. Yeah. So, it, I mean, he blew everybody's mind with this. But you pull it to the belt, and then from the belt, you do the clean to your shoulders. Well, I'd never done... You know, I was trying to break the uh, age group record which uh, was not especially high, but I think I had uh, 92 and a half kilos or something on there. Um, And you've got a, it's a funny sort of hang clean because you're not hang cleaning it. And I, I wasn't used to having it on a belt. I don't lift with a belt normally. Right. But that's part of the lift. So the bar gets stuck on the buckle. Yeah, I know exactly. Yep. So it got stuck on the buckle because the bar we were using had heavy knurling. It was actually a power bar for some reason. And so I jerked it like hell and got under it, but it looped a lot. Yep. So it over looped and I caught it, nearly knocked me on my butt Yep. because – it, you know, the momentum of looping the bar is going to keep going. Sure. It, you're just in the way, right? Yeah. So it, I'm not a splitter, so it wouldn't have been a problem had I been a splitter like Norb is. Right. I'm a squatter. So I caught it, nearly fell on my butt, but it hit my neck, and I did start passing out. Yeah. Uh, I got it overhead, but... Uh, with the uh, jerk, it wasn't even a jerk. I was out of my skull at that point. <laughs> and uh, so the bar is going up, and I was going down. Yeah. Because yeah. I was passing out. Yep. But so that kind of thing can happen. Yeah, you got to be careful. Uh, it, you know, I'd never experienced until, you know, this was a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not good. but. Nope. You want to practice the your front squats 
with the clean style yep so that you can cement that position into your brain yep uh for when you do your cleans because it'll be very natural that way and with a good enough back arch and a high chest uh and your elbows high yeah you'll be able to do that and it won't even touch your throat right you'll be able to hold that bar yeah, yeah, it'll be right there. In fact, one of the uh, demos that I do for new lifters yeah. or for clinics is I'll show guys how to do front squats uh, with your arms straight out in front of you. Oh, wow. Where the bar wow. is just sitting on your front delts. Yep. And you can do it. Yeah. It, it, you, don't, you don't even need to be using your hands to hold it when you're doing it right. So uh, the but what I'm getting at is – it's good to have the blood in your upper body sure. as well as your lower body, sure. Uh, especially as it gets heavier, because you want the blood to be in all of those supporting muscles, especially along the spine. Yep. Because you don't want to relax the spine and suddenly start bowing forwards. Yeah. Because well, it, when you bow forward in a squat, yep, you, you're just gonna lose it. Well, it's, and it's, yeah, and that's the thing about all this. Like we were talking about those movements, you know, three that I love to do, and and I love doing them is obviously I only do dead start stuff with the squat and the rack, but I love matching that up with the um, glued hand machine. And the old school York iron boots for the hamstrings. Now, I'll go from one to one to one like that, and that's worked extremely well for me because of the blood volume. And now when we talk about the upper body, and I know Roger knows this, I probably some people know it, but I'll tell you right now, Paul Anderson came up with it. I've read so many things about him. Um, that was one of the things. The legs grow like crazy because they get so much blood. The upper body is a little, is trailing behind. So Anderson was like, what can I do to do that? Well, he designed some apparatchik where basically he could hang himself upside down and work barbell movements. And what happened with this whole thing was, can you imagine the amount of blood that was coming through your body, your upper body doing this? Now, I would definitely go out, if you're even thinking about this, you better go out and find out the information and know how to do it. One of the things I like to do that I think works just as well, I will, you know, use the power rack. I'll set the rods at a certain height. I'll get my legs up and my feet will be wrapped around the outside of the rod. And I'll stand there and do like isometric holds against the platform. Um, I might do some push-ups. Something of that nature, but I still think putting your your legs around that rod like that, and you know my feeling on isometrics, take and literally try to put your hands flat on that rack and push them right through that rack. You'll get a body pump on you like you can't even imagine. And when you can hold that for time, you're, you'll get up from... You'll get up from hanging your feet on those ro- on that set of rod itself. I swear to God, you'll look like somebody injected you with air. You'll be so pumped up. So, you know, when you're doing, like Roger's talking, overhead, front squat, rear squat, in between them, 
do one set of holds of the reverse like that, where your face is on the platform just about and your legs are suspended above you in the air. Um, it's absolutely incredible what it does. So if you're looking for a way to really increase your blood volume without getting into all the intricacies of learning how to do barbell work associated with it, at least initially, do some isometrics. It's all yours, Raj. Uh, yeah, uh, isometrics are a great idea. And, it, you know, I'm a big fan of cementing very specific positions yeah. into your neuromuscular yep uh, I don't even know what to call it, into your neuromuscular memory yeah well it, you're building those pathways man yeah you know go ahead go ahead I didn't it's, mean to interrupt what, yeah the uh, uh, it's those neuromuscular pathways are the really necessary thing that you've got to build mm-hmm. because once you've built those it's a lot easier to the the strength just comes yeah it does. because you're using the proper technique you're doing everything right yep. instead of you know wobbling all over the place and uh it, you know using inefficient technique and all that kind of stuff yep. uh so something like working a front squat yep is what I always tell guys to do before they even try to do it, certainly a full clean, but a hang clean or a power clean. Uh, it, you know, I'll see football programs, especially where they say, "All right, everybody's doing power cleans," and you just see the lousiest technique and they're oh, yeah. using really minimal weight. Yep. Where, uh, you know, a guy might be doing forty kilo power cleans and yeah he can do 10 of them but all of them look like crap and the guy weighs 225 pounds yep it's it's a really inefficient way of trying to build strength when the guy's got to be on a football field throwing around other 225 pound guys he's not throwing around 88 pound guys which is what 40 kilos is <laughs> well so, hey Raj and, and you know what no, I don't mean to interrupt but you know yeah. that's another thing I think maybe you and I have even talked about it you know my brother's a high school football coach and I I don't really see any of the logic of power cleans at all and I don't see a lot of the logic of how many reps you can do with a bench press and I'll tell you what I think more than anything um uh, I, I think the main thing right now is this. I think the strongman, uh, uh, movements lend much more to that, but that's something we can get into more. But I know we're, 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 we're close to time, and this, this is awesome stuff, how we're setting sail on the squat and everything associated. So, in the next couple minutes, let, let's do this, and then we'll sign off, obviously. Um, Let's just talk about some good rep schemes here. I know you talked about you like doing triples. I like singles. But what what do you feel is a good medium? I mean, do we like to do a series of pyramids? Do we like to do straight up like three sets of eight? It, I guess it all depends on what we are really concentrating on at the time. But what do you like to hit rep-wise for this? Well, once 
I've started putting weight on a bar. Yep. Um, and I, I really mean what I say there because my warm-ups are with an empty Olympic bar. Right. So, and I've done the same warm-up for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And what I do is after stretching and maybe doing either walking on a track or a treadmill or just around the neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, for five or ten minutes, uh, what I do is... I do 10 overhead presses, 10 hang cleans, okay. and 10 front squats with an empty Olympic bar. Yep. And it, I do those 30 reps all in a row. I don't stop in Right, between, right, right, right. Uh, because – and I do them fast and explosively, even the front squats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I – the idea is except for the front squats because – the front squat, the first couple of front squats, I'll sit at the bottom, yeah, and do some stretching while I'm holding the bar, yep. you know, for my ankles and my knees and my hips, yep. But everything else, except for the first maybe two or three repetitions, is super explosive through the whole range of motion. Okay, uh, and then I do basically. 10 kilo jumps okay for everything okay so i'll do triples yep and if i'm going to go up to a 95 percent yep by the time i'm at 95 percent i'm only doing singles yeah that's what i figured yep so yep the uh you know if i'm at 90 percent i'm probably only doing singles yep at that point um the uh I've never trained my squats for singles. Right. That it's never been my goal. Yep. Um, I've been training for doing a snatch and a clean and jerk. Or if it's an all round contest that I'm getting ready for, maybe I am training a type of a squat for a single. But those contests are different every time. Right. Right. So. By and large, if I'm maxing out for a single yep. in my training yep. for one of those contests, it's going to be the only time I'm ever training to a maximum, like 95% yeah. yep. of what I expect to do in that contest. Yep. And it'll be the only time I ever train up to that level in that particular lift. Yep. So, you know, I'll peak a week out from the contest and hit 95% on that weird lift, whatever it is. Yep. And then that might be the only time in my life I ever peak on that particular lift. The all rounds for those of you listening who don't know, probably have 150 lifts. Yep. I don't know how many it is. It, it, you know, if you think about it, they've got one finger lifts. Yeah. Well, they've got records for right and left hand and each finger. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you've got a lot of different lifts right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've got two-inch bar versions of these things. You've got dumbbell versions, all that sort of thing. So even with training for something like the all-rounds or a strongman contest, which is very similar because the contests in strongman vary. 
And even if they are not varying from one contest to the next, mm-hmm. odds are the exact equipment used is going to vary from contest to contest. Absolutely. And the order of events is going to vary. So you need to pick something that's a foundational exercise that you're going to work up to like 90% for a couple reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unless I'm really worn out for some reason, and typically that would have to do with my job versus, right, right. Uh, you know, because I'm not getting enough sleep or right, something. Right, right, right. I rarely go to singles in squats. Yep. yep. But I frequently end with doubles. Yeah. Because I push myself to the point where the last rep, I'm barely getting out as a double, typically. Yeah. Uh, So aim for triples and then down to doubles. But there is no need to, you know, if you're doing back squats, don't limit yourself to just back squats. Right. Start out with overhead squats, then do front squats, then do back squats. Work your way up. You can do a similar thing with deadlifting. Yeah, the, definitely. Uh, you know, because you can do – there's so many variations on deadlifting. Why would you start out super light with a competition grip deadlift? Yeah. You know, with 135 pounds, why would you do that? Yep. When uh, you could probably do a one-hand deadlift with that kind of weight. Yep. Or you could work Jefferson lifts with the light weight or you could work hack squats Yep. With that kind of weight. And then move into your full competition style when it gets heavier. Yep. It's, you know, or maybe even start out your deadlifts with dumbbell deadlifts. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, something like that where you're making it as efficient as possible. Yep. So that you can lift as heavy as possible with the exercise that really matters. And that's where, you know, the setting sail comes in. Yep. You need to, you know, I see I'm bringing it around here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The setting sail comes in because just like with aviation or sailing, most people are not going to set off on this journey not knowing where they're going. Yep. You need to know where you want to end up and then work your way backwards on how you're going to get there. Absolutely. Um, and, and just like you said with the squats, the variations of repage, um, same way with the deadlift, you know, I love that thick handle between the legs, the one arm, and then shift right into the trap bar deadlift, whether you're going to pull one set in the power rack of a maximum, or you're going to pull a couple off the ground, you're set up perfectly for this. Same thing with reps. See, I love singles. Roger knows that. Most yeah. people know that. I like, you know, with what I'm doing, I don't have the horsepower. Well, I, do a lot, I do a lot of singles. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. No but, doubt about it. But when you're, when you're involved in the rack the way I am, you're just not going to have the force to be able to do a lot of things. Your time is limited, and that's the way you want it to be. I want to handle... And rack training is different. From it's totally different. Exactly. But the whole thing, it comes down to this. 
heaviest stuff I can grind out. That's it. That's what I'm into right now and probably will do forever. But the point of the matter is here, you've got a hell of a rep scheme to go. And I'll tell you one thing, when you, you talk about set sail, you got to know what you're doing, like Raj said. Get to that point where you get that goal or you get close and you start working back and thinking about the steps you need to do and the zigs and zags to get there. Because I promise you, if you train that way, live your life that way, you're going to be very happy, and I mean it. So, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Um, as I said, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, winners and champions. Um, Prosperity Conscious page. Check that all out. Also, don't forget this. Um, I, I'm going to basically uh, tell you to go out to our YouTube channel. Go out to MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. It's all there. Check it all out. Also, too, if someone's, if there's a show you'd like Roger and I to do, um, go out to Fiorello Barbell at nightcap.r.com. Uh, go to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten from everyone. Also, too, um, AHA, that's where you can get M&M in your car 24-7. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile or whatever that day. Inspire them with your words. You never know what you're doing for someone. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them that smile because you don't know what people are going through. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. The great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says, in blood red domination, we clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. That will always be it. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. My dad be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, would walk every patient to the door and say, keep smiling, be a steward of strength, don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by, tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door in, we will blow the roof off your house. And I mean that when I say it, come in, join the family, we'll be here for 30 more years, you need us and we need you. Les Brown. You all have greatness in you, and I'll say what I'll tell you this: you all do. But we take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. How many people would say that in today's world? Raj, outstanding show. Thank you for being on, sir. Thanks, Eric. You are Thank welcome you. anytime. Always so, love it. It's a it's killer stuff, man. So. For Roger LaPointe, this is Eric Fiorello. Two things before we sign off. Remember, the world is asking something from you. Go out and do it and set sail every day into that bright sunlight because I'm telling you right now, you will and we will help you change your life. Have a great rest of the weekend. This show will be up tomorrow. John Bruni will be my guest tomorrow, and we will just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Thanks, everyone, and have a great next week. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.